Our scripture this morning is from John's Gospel. It's John chapter 10, and it's verses 22 to 30. It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah. And actually, Hanukkah is a Jewish festival. It's been taking place all this past week. I love the Jewish uh, events, and uh, because that was Jesus' scripture. That was what he did when he was here on this earth. So Hanukkah ends tomorrow night. So it was the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. And Jesus was in the temple, walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked him, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand, the Father and I. Are one. May God bless the reading of his word this morning, and we'll be looking at that and a teaching from it. As we go into just a moment of prayer before the, the teaching time, this is the Advent Sunday of peace. And this morning in my time, in the Lord's word, I was in Jeremiah 14. And God said to Jeremiah, he said, Say this to my people. Night and day, my eyes overflow with tears. Do we ever picture that in our God? That kind of compassion and pain and hurt at what we do? God says, my eyes overflow with tears. Tell them that. I cannot stop weeping for my precious people. And God talks about how he walks the fields and the streets, and his heart breaks. And Jeremiah replies to God, he said, We hoped for peace, but no peace came. We hoped for a time of healing, but we found only terror. Lord, we confess our wickedness and that of our ancestors too. We have all sinned against you. For the sake of your reputation, Lord, don't abandon us. Don't disgrace your own glorious throne. Please remember us. Don't break your covenant with us. Can any of the worthless foreign gods send us rain? Does it fall from the sky by itself? No. You are the one, O Lord our God. Only you can do such things. So we will wait for you to help us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I do pray that each and every one of us will come into your word and meet you there to hear you speak, to lead us and to guide us and to bring us to new decisions and to bring us peace on this Advent Sunday of peace and every day, no matter what our circumstances. So God, we do pray for peace in our hearts and here in our church. We do confess that each and every one of us has broken the relationship that we should be having with you. That's sin, Lord, 
anything that divides us, keeps us out of your presence in any way. We confess that. And Lord, your word says to confess the sins of our ancestors as well. And Jeremiah did it, and Daniel did it, so God, we do it this morning. The generational sins in our own lives and here in our church. And God, we do take this moment to be still in your presence and to wait on you. I pray, Father, that you will diminish me, keep me behind the cross. Keep us focused on what you want us to hear this morning from this beautiful passage of Scripture from your word that says you are the good shepherd, you are the prince of peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you've just completed a survey, and now I'm going to ask for you to talk out loud to me. As we look at this Advent Sunday of peace, will you tell me some of the things that break your peace, that take away your peace of mind? Talk to me. Stress. Stress? What brings the stress? Life. Life, okay. (laughs) Okay, what things in life? What takes away our... Oh, dear. Okay. (laughs) I are one. Okay. (laughs) In-laws, they say. Anything else that takes our peace? (laughs) What takes our peace? What was it? Cell phones. Cell phones, yes, okay. What else takes our peace? The news does? Computers. Computers. Money. Money. Too much and, and not enough. It goes both ways. Fear. Fear. I think I heard crime. Expectations. People demanding things of us, or even when we think they're demanding things of us. Watching for approval. Needing approval. Loneliness. Loneliness. I think it said to Mother Teresa said it was the disease of the society. I don't think that's gone away. It's increased. Hungry people of the world. We feel so helpless. I asked a friend what took away his peace. He said, when I see somebody hurting, it puts a bullet in my heart. Pretty violent language, but I thought, wow. When he sees somebody hurting. Politics. Yeah, we want some truth. We want some good leadership in our country, in our businesses, in our organizations, our education system, our medical system. And sometimes we feel guilty as Christians, do we not? If we lose our peace and we think, but I'm supposed to have peace, we light the Advent candle of peace and we believe in it and we believe that as Christians and that we should have it together and we want to have it together in this area of having peace in our lives. I'm going to look at a couple of realities that have been written by Peter Scazzaro. And it takes us down a bit, but then I want to bring us back up. Peter Scazzaro, he wrote the book Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Anybody familiar with that book? Oh, I recommend it. We did a Bible study on it, and it was just life-changing. It takes you right into a lot of soul-searching. So he talks about three groups of people who are leaving the church because we know that our churches are emptying out today. That's the reality. And he calls them church leavers. 
And here are the peace and the lack of peace, the peace that should be there and the lack of peace as we look at these three groups. The first one is the group of people who used to be passionate, used to be passionate about being followers of Jesus, but they've come to realize that the spirituality available in the church is not delivering any deep Christ-transforming life change in the people that attend in themselves and in others. Church people are struggling as much as anyone else with their marriages and divorces, their friendships, parenting, singleness, their sexuality, addictions, insecurities, drive for approval, and feelings of failure and depression at home, at work, and at church. So they're leaving the church. Those are leavers number one. Church leavers number two are still at church, still attending, but they've checked out. Checked out emotionally. They may keep on coming for the sake of their children, maybe out of guilt, but they don't get involved anymore. And they have this sense of of dis-ease, a lack of peace, and they can't quite put their finger on it. But they know that what they have on Sunday morning and at church is just not connecting and fitting with the rest of their life in the workplace, at home, where they live. And the third group actually leave the church, and they not only leave the church, they leave their faith. And hear the harshness of this statement. They grew weary of Christians around them who, regardless of their knowledge of God, regardless of their church involvement and their zeal, were angry, compulsive, highly opinionated, defensive, proud, and too busy to love the Jesus they profess. Doesn't that take away our peace this morning? They have found that Starbucks and the newspaper make better companions for them on a Sunday morning than the people they find in their church. On this Advent Sunday, as we've asked... What takes away your peace? As we've heard these, I'm sure these sayings resonate with some of us. And it's so universal of what's happening to our peace. A little bit of humor, just in case you're wondering. Pastors are not immune. Um, I got my phone bill this week. (laughs) Peace, down. (laughs) But when I sold the house, I had to take back the equipment. And I was so careful. I even took pictures of what I was taking back. Took it back personally uh, into the store. But I got a bill this week that had added $1,135 to my bill. My piece, as I say, went straight down. So I called a 1-800 number that was there. Press 1, press 2, press 5. I did that. I got a person. Wrong number. Sorry, this is your cell phone number. You have to go to the house line numbers. So I started all over again trying to keep my peace, trying to be nice, trying to keep the tension down. And then she said to me, she didn't take any responsibility for the phone company. She said, you have to have the piece of paper that has the reference number on it. I thought, I was selling the house. I was trying to get married. I don't know where that piece of paper is. So I prayed, and I found it. And so I did find some peace out of that. But pastors lose their peace pretty fast as well. But on a more serious note, Ruth Haley Barton, if you've read any of her works, and again, I recommend her, renowned biblical speaker and writer. But she was meeting with her mentor, 
And her mentor said, Ruth, you are like a jar of river water all shaken up. And Peter Scazzaro, who wrote that book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, his wife looked at him one day and she had had it. And they were in a heated argument about a number of things. And she said, quote, by the way, in that church that you pastor, I quit. Your leadership isn't worth following. And she left. And she attended another church until he wrote the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and got it together himself. Pray for your pastors and your leaders as well. We all need to be able to light the Advent candle of peace and mean it. Well, what does the Bible say? What do we have in God's word? What did Jesus teach? There are beautiful passages of peace. I I don't have time to read a lot of them. But Jesus said, come to me. If you're weary, if you're burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke on you, not your own yoke. Take my yoke on your shoulders and learn from me. I'm gentle. I'm humble at heart. And you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. That's peace. And over and over again, even in the presence of angels, Old Testament, New Testament, we hear the words, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And when Jesus was leaving this earth, he promised to leave us, the Holy Spirit. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, he said, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, and it's not as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Beautiful promise of peace. But then we read other passages, and again from Jesus. And he says, I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves, and you must be as shrewd as a snake and as gentle as a dove. And he says, when, not if, but when, You're brought up before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities. Don't worry about how you're going to defend yourself. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. But it's not an if. He talks about being called up in front of the authorities. He talks about persecution for Christians. And he even says, don't suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace but a sword. I've come to turn man against father, daughter against mother, Enemies of, uh, will be members from your own household. So we want to say, Jesus, which is it? I don't know which ones to read and, and draw into my heart. It almost feels like double messages. But I don't believe it is. I think it's a both and. We are going to be persecuted as Christians. It's not easy to walk the Christian walk. But Jesus is there with us every step of the way and in every circumstance of life. So I read a few minutes ago from John's Gospel, John chapter 10. And that's where I'd like to try to draw an illustration from Jesus' words to talk to us this morning about peace. May it speak to our hearts. The passage is about sheep and two kinds of shepherds, and that's not really part of our culture. So we have to try to place ourselves as best we can into the culture. But the people around Jesus that day would have understood so well. Because in Jesus' day, a shepherd would build a a sheepfold, a pen, and it would have low stone walls. And on top of the walls, there would be very thorny branches to deter the sheep from trying to get out and predators from trying to get in. And there would be one gate, and that gate would be closed with branches. 
And there were two types of shepherds in Jesus' day. There were bad shepherds. And they were like thieves and robbers. And they exploited the sheep for their own interests. And they didn't care for them. They didn't nurture them. And they took the milk and they took the wool for themselves and they butchered the sheep without providing for the animal's safety. But there were lots of good shepherds as well. And in the Middle East, they were known for having an intimate knowledge of their sheep. So sheep would follow the shepherd as he played flute tunes and as he sang songs or as he simply gave them commands, verbal commands. And a good shepherd would always lead. He'd never try to drive the sheep. He would lead his sheep. So they knew his voice, they trusted him, and they followed him. Do you hear the peace? And Jesus tells us, he says, I am the good shepherd. And we often think of the bad shepherd as being the evil one. And it's true, Satan prowls around like a roaring lion to see who he can devour. The Bible tells us that. But I do believe today there are many other things, and we've named some of them, people and things that just take away our peace, devour our peace, bad shepherds in our lives, so to speak. So I do believe that the only answer to having peace is to be continually where Jesus is. We need his presence. We need his protection. Jesus is that voice that we can hear and that we can trust. We are known to him an intimate knowledge of us, a love and compassion of us. He won't drive us. He wants to lead us. He wants to go ahead. I didn't know that Andrea was going to say what she said this morning about music. I don't know if you picked up the visual in what I said just a moment ago. It's from the New Living Translation, the study notes. It talks about the shepherd playing a flute and singing songs and simply giving commands. You know, I think we make Jesus so artificial sometimes in our our religion. If he were here this morning, can you picture a good shepherd here physically with us? I have a feeling he probably would play a musical instrument. And can you hear him singing? He wouldn't just be kind of standing there singing along. He would be singing with such passion. I don't know if he would be baritone or tenor or bass, but I think we would be hearing Jesus just singing glory to God from the very bottom of his heart. And he would be giving us gentle commands to follow. And yes, he'd be warning us of a final judgment because I do believe there is a final judgment. And he would be warning us that there are people dying who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord. But I don't think he'd be trying to scare us into the kingdom. He would be saying, come, follow me. Let me lead you and tell you each day the best way. I'm convinced that if we try to draw anything around us, if we try to build one of those pens and build walls and build our defenses to be safe and to try to set up our own place of security, to try to find our own peace, if we do that and we don't have Jesus there, I think it's impossible for us to have any real peace. And I'm convinced that if we follow anyone else, no matter how beautiful, no matter how beautiful the sound If it's not the voice of Jesus, there's no peace. We're coming to Christmas. We read in the Christmas story that the shepherds were the first ones to hear the good news that Jesus had been born.
So they were there that night in their field, guarding their flocks as shepherds, and suddenly an angel appears in their midst, and the radiance of the Lord's glory just surrounds them. And the first words they hear are, Do not be afraid. And the angel announced to them the good news that God's promised Messiah had been born as a baby. And then not just one angel, but a host of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And my guess is that some of you probably said that verse even faster than I did, and you've memorized it over the years. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill to men. The earliest manuscripts actually do read, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And once again, I think we have a both and. We have the glory to God and that brings the peace and the two come together, both and. When we receive Jesus into our lives and our hearts, when we ask forgiveness, when we ask God to help us live as followers of Jesus, that brings glory to God in the highest, and that brings us peace. Peace on this earth. No matter what our circumstances, peace to those on earth with whom he is pleased, with those with whom he has relationship. What a wonderful place to please him, to know that he's pleased with us. The shepherds that night ran to the stables, stable rather. They found the manger, they found the prince of peace. And they were in awe and wonder and they left and they went out and they told everybody what they had heard from the angels and the baby that they had seen. So I believe this morning, as we keep learning to listen and hear the voice of the good shepherd Jesus and follow his voice, that we will live lives that give glory to our God and that we will keep in relationship with him and pleasing him. And that, I truly believe this morning, is our answer to being able to light the Advent candle of peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. It is alive. It speaks to us. Thank you that Jesus wants us to hear his voice. And then he calls us to follow. Gives us simple verbal commands every day because, God, we can hear them in our hearts and in our minds if we're listening, if we're open. So help us, Lord. We pray in the wonderful name of Jesus, our Prince of Peace. Amen. I'll ask the worship team if they'll come up and lead us for a closing hymn.